Imagine you are at a dinner banquet, maybe at a fine dining establishment, at a Korean barbecue restaurant, or at your local RSL, enjoying some good food and drink. Then, all of a sudden, someone pulls out a gun and tries to kill you. I'm not sure how I would react, whether I'd be more angry at that person for trying to kill me, or more angry for trying to kill me whilst I'm enjoying my meal. Well, listeners, today I'm going to tell you about the story of the Hongmen Feast, or in Chinese, Hongmen Yen, which was a dinner event that happened over 2,000 years ago in ancient China and was held to assassinate someone for trying to just enjoy his meal. G'day everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bamboo History Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and yeah, let's get straight into it. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the story of the Hongmen Feast. It's kind of like the Chinese version of the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones, except this actually happened in history. For those of you who don't know what the Red Wedding is, in Game of Thrones, the Red Wedding was held by one family who entirely massacres another family in that event. Sorry, spoiler alert there. It baffles me that some people actually think that Game of Thrones is real history. Um, excuse me, the things that happened in real life are found in the non-fiction part of the bookshop, not in the fiction section, mate. In order to explain the Hongmen Feast, which happened in the year 206 BCE, the background to this story is really important. The year 206 BCE was the same year that China's first imperial dynasty, the Qin Dynasty, ended. Before the Qin Dynasty was founded in the year 221 BCE by Emperor Qin Shi Huang, China was in a period of time called the Warring States Period. In the Warring States period, China was split up into multiple states, kind of like ancient Greek city-states. Two of these states are crucial for the story I'm about to tell. The first state is the state of Qin, which you can guess by the name, conquered the other states and united China under the Qin dynasty. And the second state is the state of Chu. The state of Qin was powerful as it united China but the state of Chu was one of the states that rivaled the Qin for its territorial size and military strength. Hence, they put up really fierce resistance to the Qin, but they were defeated badly by them in the year 223 BCE. Being the main rivals of the Qin, the defeat and conquest obviously didn't sit well with the Chu, and it was recorded that the people of Chu bitterly resisted cooperating with the Qin government when they united China. From here, I would like to introduce our first character of the Hongmen Feast, Shang Yu. Shang Yu was born in the year 232 BCE into a family that had once served the state of Chu's royal family. Shang Yu's grandpa was actually a general who was killed by the Qin army in battle. So you can imagine that Shang Yu's family aren't really the best buddies with the Qin. When Shang Yu was young, his uncle Shang Liang tried to teach him literature and swordsmanship. But Shang Yu was very impulsive and blunt and straight up told his uncle that what he was teaching him was useless. 
Shang Liang was then like, well then what the hell do you want to do with your life? To which Shang Yu replied, not sure yet uncle, really not sure. That all changed when one day, Emperor Qin Shi Huang, the first emperor of the Qin, was visiting the city that they had lived in. There was a massive procession and parade, and Shang Yu and his uncle went to watch. As the emperor walked past them, Shang Yu spoke to his uncle, out loud, Uncle, I can replace that guy. His uncle froze in terror, covered his nephew's mouth, and was like, Yo, what, what, what the fuck? You can't say that. You can't say that, buddy. Because if he was caught saying that, and the emperor or one of the emperor's people heard what he was saying, then both of them would definitely be executed. It definitely showed, however, that Shang Yu was ambitious and wanted to achieve big things, but at the same time revealed how temperamental his personality was. I mean, he literally said out loud to his uncle that he was going to replace the emperor right when the emperor was there. Thank goodness the emperor or any of his people didn't hear what he had said. And Shang Yu's impulsiveness to just open his mouth would work against him later on. Okay now, let's fast forward around 20 years. Emperor Qin Shi Huang has died now, apparently from mercury poisoning, because he thought it was the elixir of eternal life. Yeah mate, more like the elixir of eternal afterlife. <laughs> his son is now on the throne, and he's called Qin Er Shi, which means the second Qin Emperor. His dad called himself the first Qin Emperor, and now he calls himself the second? Very creative names going on here. Anyway, I digress. Qin Emperor number two turns out to also be number two to his dad in terms of ruling the country, because he absolutely sucks. And the reason for that is because he's been manipulated by a powerful eunuch. But that's a story for another time. So, remember those other states that I had mentioned earlier? The ones that existed during the Warring States period? Well, some of them now sense an opportunity to rebel, given that the second emperor is a lot weaker than the first. And a lot of these people from these former states rise up and rebel against the Qin. Most of these rebellions are defeated by the Qin, but one rebel group stands out and is a huge threat. Guess which state these people come from? Yep, that's right, from the state that was Qin's main rival, the state of Chu. These rebels are led by Shang Liang, and if his name sounds familiar, it's because I talked about him literally a few minutes ago, and he is Shang Yu's uncle. Shang Yu, his nephew, is also by his side, and is a general in his uncle's army. Shang Liang's rebel army grows larger and larger, and starts taking over most of the Qin territory. Along the way, other rebel groups decide that instead of fighting the Qin themselves, they think it's a good idea to tag along with Shang Liang because he has a larger army. One of these groups is led by a man called Liu Bang. He is the second character of the Hongmen Feast. So now we have two characters, Shang Yu and Liu Bang. Liu Bang was born in the year 256 BCE, and he's a lot older than Shang Yu, almost 24 years older in fact. He's also only a few years younger than Qin Shi Huang, the first emperor of the Qin. So by the time of the rebellions, Liu Bang is in his middle age and has gone through a bit more in life than Shang Yu, who's still a hothead lad in his 20s. To be fair though, 
He was around the same age as I am now, and he commands an army, while I can't even command the birds outside my house. Anyway, Liu Bang and his crew join Shang Liang, and they edge closer to the Qin's heartland, which consists of the capital Shenyang, which is near present-day Xi'an in China, and the rich, fertile lands that are around the capital. These lands, together with the capital Shenyang, are called the Guanzong area. In order to gain legitimacy, Shang Liang decides to appoint a person from the royal family of the state of Chu as a puppet king, and he's called King Huai II. Obviously, when Shang Liang proclaimed him as a king, he obviously said he was the legitimate king, but I'll just call it out and say he was a puppet, because he really was. You just don't get to be the king for free. So now Shang Liang is fighting in the name of the former king and kingdom of Chu, and gains more support from the people as a result. But in the year 208 BCE, something tragic happens. Shang Liang, the leader of the massive rebel force, dies in battle. Oops. So who's going to be the leader now? Hmm. Obviously, we can say Shang Yu, right? Because he has a huge army, and he's the nephew of Shang Liang. But you still have to earn the right to rule, in some way. So King Huai II helps them out, and issues an ultimatum to everyone. Whoever leads an army into the Guanzong area, which is the Qin capital and the surrounding lands, defeats the Qin, and makes the Qin Emperor surrender, can become the king of the Guanzong. Yes, King Huai II is only a puppet, and his words don't really mean anything at all. But there was a belief that whoever did take the Qin capital city and dispose the Qin Emperor themselves would be deemed as the rightful person to take over the mantle as the next emperor. So it was definitely important that whoever wanted the throne had to be the one making the emperor surrender and take the Guanzong region. So the race was on. Shang Yu had the largest army and was really capable in battle. But he was, as I said earlier, a blockhead and engaged any enemies in front of him head on by fighting them. He defeated them all, but fighting these battles took time, valuable time, especially if you're racing against Liu Bang, who's a really sly dog. What Liu Bang did was instead of confronting people head on, he led his small army around the mountains, therefore avoiding any sort of confrontation and reached the Guanzong area first. When he went to the capital city of Shenyang, he manages to get the Qin Emperor to surrender to him, effectively ending the first ever Chinese imperial dynasty in the year 206 BCE. Before I go any further, I have to remind you that, that at this stage, Liu Bang is basically still tagging along to the larger force of Shang Yu, because his army is really small, and technically he's still a nobody. Okay, so now Liu Bang has reached the Guanzong area, entered the Qin capital city, and made the Qin Emperor surrender to him. What do you think Liu Bang's going to do right now? I would say that if I was in his position, I would definitely just take the throne to myself, because you've got the legitimacy now, and say, I am the emperor. And that's kind of what he initially did. The thing was though, when Shang Yu heard of the news that Liu Bang had made the Qin Emperor surrender, he was excited and bloody wrapped. But at the time, in Shang Yu's mind, Liu Bang was his loyal subordinate who had taken the throne for him. So Shang Yu was over the moon. He took his much larger army and finally reached the Hangu Pass, 
which was a vital road that led into the Guangzhou area and the Qin's capital city and its surrounding regions. When he saw Liu Bang's army, he was excited and he went up to them and he said, Oh my goodness, I'm so happy you guys did it. You guys took the Qin capital and disposed the emperor. Now me and the rest of my army will come and meet your leader, Liu Bang. But then something happened. Liu Bang's soldiers said no and blocked Shang Yu from passing. Shang Yu was immediately confused. He was like, what the, f what, what the, hold on, what, what's going on here? Why is Liu Bang's soldiers not letting me in? Shang Yu is really confused right now, but he's still not yet suspicious of what Liu Bang is thinking of doing. This is when the actual Hongmen feast is going to happen. I know you've all been hungrily waiting for the feast to happen. Get it? So Shang Yu really has nothing else he can do. So he sets up camp with the soldiers in a place called Hongmen. Nowadays, this location is around 40 kilometers east of the city of Xi'an in China. Shang Yu has 400,000 men with him. Liu Bang is only 10 kilometers away from him at this stage and has 100,000 men. So effectively, Shang Yu outnumbers Liu Bang 4 to 1. We all know by now what Liu Bang wants. He wants to take the throne now because he's made the Qin Emperor surrender to him and he wants to be crowned the King of Guangzhou. But he knows that he's still technically a subordinate to Shang Yu and that regardless of what the puppet king has said, Shang Yu would still think that the crown is his to take. As I said earlier, no one cares what a puppet king bloody says. What Liu Bang has though is control of the Qin capital, including its emperor, the Qin government ministers, its wealth and operations. Controlling this was basically giving you the power and right to rule all of China. But obviously, he was still scared that if Shang Yu knew what he was going to do, he could just get his massively larger army and wipe him out. Well, things didn't really turn out well for Liu Bang either, because one of Liu Bang's advisors, a man named Tao Wu Shang, also knows what Liu Bang is thinking as well. And he secretly informs Shang Yu about this, saying that Liu wants to take the crown for himself. Shang Yu obviously becomes suspicious and a little pissed off that his trusted lackey, Liu Bang, wants to betray him. Shang's advisor, Fan Zheng, who is another character of the Hongmen Feast, tells Shang Yu, Boss, we gotta kill this guy right now. But Shang Yu is still unsure if Liu really wants to betray him at this stage, and is kind of on the fence. But he does agree that it's worth testing out Liu Bang's loyalties out. Liu Bang is currently outnumbered 4 to 1, and is in a really bad position here. Thank goodness though, one of Shang Yu's uncles, Shang Bo, comes and tells him about the plan that Shang Yu and Fan Zheng have in store for him. Now listeners, you might all be thinking, why would Shang Yu's own uncle do this? Because Shang Bo is good friends with Liu Bang's advisor, Zhang Liang, who's another character in the Hongmen Feast. And Shang Bo didn't want his mate to get hurt. So when Shang Bo tells Zhang Liang, Zhang Liang then relays the information to Liu Bang. Liu Bang decides the best thing to do is to tell Shang Bo that everything is okay. So he hosts a small feast, no, no, this isn't the actual Hongmen feast yet. This is just a little teaser. 
and in the feast managed to convince Shang Bo that he had no intention of taking the throne. Shang Bo seems to be like his nephew Shang Yu because he believes in Liu Bang. What the hell? And he goes back to his own camp and tells Shang Yu that you've got nothing to worry about. Shang Yu calms down a little bit. But Shang Yu is still a bit suspicious and still wants to test out Liu Bang. So he and Fan Zheng send Liu Bang an invite to his camp at Hongmen for some food and drink. This time, this is what you've all been waiting for. This is the real Hongmen feast we're going to talk about. Shang Yu plans that at the feast, he can see for himself what Liu Bang actually intends to do. If he thinks Liu Bang wants to take the throne, then he's going to kill him there and then. Liu Bang knows he obviously has to go to the feast as well, even though he's nervous and knows that he's probably walking into a trap. Because if he doesn't go, then it's going to be real sus that he's up to no good, and Shang Yu would just easily overpower him with his larger army. So Liu Bang takes Zhang Liang, a few of his generals, and around a hundred people to Shang Yu's camp at Hongmen. And when he sees Shang Yu in person, the first thing he says is this, and this is very important what he says, so I'm going to say it in Chinese first, and then translate it for you. Liu Bang says to Shang Yu, I'll break this line by line in what it means in English. So in the first line, Liu Bang says, Initially, you, Shang Yu, and I attacked the Qin together. By using the words you and I, he puts himself in the same boat as Shang Yu, effectively letting Shang Yu know that they're all in the same team. In the second line, and this one is very important, he says, I actually didn't expect that I would enter the Guangzhou region first and capture the capital. For Shang Yu, that really hits the spot for him, because what Liu Bang is saying is that he had never expected himself to enter the Guangzhou region, because he always thought that Shang Yu would enter the Guangzhou region first, and he happened to do it by accident. By saying this, he's effectively deferring to Shang Yu, and implying that Shang Yu deserves to be the first person to enter the Guangzhou region. He then finishes off by telling Shang Yu to not believe in the rumours that have spread around which will break their relationship apart. By now, me and all of you listeners definitely know that Liu Bang is obviously BSing here and bluffing his way out to try and convince Shang Yu that he is loyal to him. And he does convince him, because as I mentioned earlier, Shang Yu is a blockhead and a simple-minded idiot and believes everything that he hears and sees without much question. And his suspicion of Liu Bang is immediately dispelled after what Liu Bang said. In fact, Shang Yu feels so bad for wrongly suspecting Liu Bang that he actually goes on the defensive, and his reply is almost apologetic in tone, showing you how simple-minded Shang Yu is compared to Liu Bang. Shang Yu says, and I'll quote first in the original Chinese script. What this means in English is that I was only doubting this because Cao Wu Shang told me about this. You idiot, Shang Yu. You absolutely bloody tool. 
Tao Wu Shang isn't there at the scene, but I'm sure if he had heard what Shang Yi had said, he'd be kicking himself right there and then, because with that one line, Shang Yu effectively revealed to Liu Bang who the mole was that had led to this entire incident. You absolute tool, Shang Yu. I cannot believe, I cannot believe you said that. I feel bad for Tao Wu Shang, mate. I feel bad for him. Anyway, Fan Zhang, Shang Yu's advisor, is also kicking himself as well, and he knows Liu Bang is bluffing. He gets increasingly worried now because he knows at least that Shang Yu has now got no intention of killing Liu Bang. Fan Zhang decides to take matters then in his own hands. So now they're all filed in into the tent, sat down, and begin enjoying the feast. They are all seated in individual tables around a rectangular stage in the middle. Fan Zhang decides that he needs to kill Liu Bang right now. So Fan Zhang invites Shang Yu's nephew, Shang Zhuang, to come up and perform a <coughs> sword dance in front of Liu Bang. Liu Bang starts to sweat now because he probably knows that the so-called sword dance is just a way for him to be accidentally stabbed. You know, for example, I'm doing the sword dance, and go, oops, I slipped, and then the sword plunges into Liu Bang's heart, and they go, oh, it was an accident, you know? As Shang Zhuang gets on the stage, Shang Bo is smart enough to figure out that something isn't right as well, and he fears for Liu Bang and his friend Zhang Liang's life. So he gets up and says to his nephew, I think one person performing this sword dance won't be as fun to watch. I think two people doing it, however, would be awesome. So Shang Bo draws out his own sword as well and joins Shang Zhuang in the sword dance. Liu Bang at this moment is really shitting himself, especially at the moments where the sword performance is directed right at him. Luckily, every time Shang Zhuang performs in front of him and looks to, you know, accidentally thrust his sword at Liu Bang, you know, part of the show, obviously, Shang Bo uses his sword to parry Shang Zhuang's sword like a dance. Again, part of the performance, nothing dodgy whatsoever. And these sword parries by Shang Bo save Liu Bang from being stabbed. After a while, it is clear the sword dance clearly won't work, and uh, Fan Zhang is growing really worried and frustrated. Shang Yu at this point is just enjoying the feast and the food. He's literally the only person seated there that knows that, that has no clue what's happening. Ironically though, there's nothing recorded in history that actually describes the actual food or drink, which is a shame. Must have been good. Anyway, while Fan Zheng is still pondering his next method to kill Liu Bang, Liu Bang knows he has to make a run for it right now. You know, what if what if in a few minutes Fan Zheng goes, hey Liu Bang, here's a new exotic drink I'd like for you to try. Straight from the mountains and he'll have to drink it and goodness knows what will happen. So Liu Bang stands up, faces Shang Yu, and uses the oldest trick in the book to bail out of a sticky situation like this. So he says, Shang Yu, bro, I need to go chuck a piss. Shang Yu by now is completely not suspicious of Liu Bang anymore, so he's like, yeah, alright, just go ahead and take your piss. And the method works. The oldest trick in the book, the so-called bathroom break. So Zhang Liang, and one of his generals, Fan Kui, follows Liu Bang to the bathroom because, you know, everyone needs a urinal partner, right? And they try to figure out what to do. They all know that they're still in danger, and Liu Bang decides to make a run for himself, leaving Zhang Lian 
and Fan Kwai to stay behind to explain Liu Bang's absence. His a hundred or so men that also came with him also stay behind. That's some hard loyalty right there. Whilst Liu Bang rides away back to his camp, Zhang Liang decides to wait a while before returning back to the feast, so that Liu Bang has time to make it back to his camp, remember it's only 10 kilometers away, before Fan Zhang can send people after him. When Zhang gets back, he apologizes to Shang Yu, saying that, I'm sorry Shang Yu, I'm sorry General, uh, my master Liu Bang, he, he had to leave, because I think he was just feeling a bit sick from the alcohol, I think he chundered a bit, he vomited all over the toilet seat, uh, you know, he, he he's really weak on the alcohol, you know, and he gets a lot of Asian flush from it. Shang Yu didn't seem to be bothered at all by the sudden departure, and he was like, oh, of course that guy, that, that guy, when I saw his face, I knew he'd be weak in alcohol, I knew, I knew he couldn't take alcohol well, he looked, he looked red as a tomato. And Zhang Liang, on behalf of Liu Bang, gave Shang Yu a gift, which he happily accepted, so... He basically was totally fine from everything that had happened. Fan Zheng, however, was really pissed off, knowing full well that they had missed a prime opportunity to get rid of Liu Bang. Later, when the feast finished, he actually takes that gift that was given by Liu Bang and breaks it, and he cries in anguish, saying, Oh my goodness, my master is such a tool! Why am I so unlucky to be his advisor? He then went on to make a prediction, saying, I bet you, I bet you Liu Bang will go back to his camp, build his army up, defeat Shang Yu, and we will all become his prisoners. I'll mention here, Fan Zheng, you're also a bit dumb too, mate, for picking someone like Shang Yu as your master. Just saying. I'm sorry, listeners, I know this is anticlimactic, but that was actually the story of the Hongmen Feast. For those sickos who wanted to see everyone dead on the table, but sorry, this time no blood was shed. Well, kind of. Remember Tao Wu Shang, that mole in Liu Bang's camp who started all of this by telling Shang Yu what Liu Bang wanted to do? Well, thanks to his boss for giving him away like that, the first thing Liu Bang did after returning back to his camp was to execute this guy. Ironically, I would like to say, Tao Wu Shang's name actually means no injury. So, you know. Fan Zheng's prediction was right. Liu Bang eventually rose up, got stronger, and challenged Shang Yu beginning a four-year war resulted in the death of Shang Yu and Liu Bang establishing himself as the first emperor of the new and mighty Han dynasty, and he himself became known as Emperor Gaozu of Han. So that, folks, is the story of the Hongmen Feast, and the phrase the Hongmen Feast is a common phrase used now in modern Chinese to explain things which don't look as they seem, similar to the Trojan horse idiom. So now a quick recap. The Hongmen Feast event takes place in the year 206 BCE, at the end of the Qin Dynasty. The two main characters are Shang Yu, who is a leader of a large rebel force, and Liu Bang, who is a rebel leader working under Shang Yu. Liu Bang's army goes ahead of Shang Yu and captures the Qin Dynasty capital and makes the Qin Empress surrender to him instead of Shang Yu, which makes Shang Yu really mad. Shang Yu becomes suspicious that Liu Bang is planning on challenging him as the successor of the Qin Emperor by taking the crown himself, so Shang Yu plans a plot to assassinate Liu Bang by hosting a feast at his camp at Hongmen. Liu Bang manages to convince Shang Yu that he is still on his side, but Shang Yu's advisor, Fan Zheng, isn't convinced and tries to unsuccessfully kill Liu Bang at dinner. Remember, the sword dance. 
Liu Bang manages to escape by pretending to go for a bathroom break. Liu Bang survives, challenges Shang Yu, eventually beats him, and becomes the first emperor of the Han Dynasty. I think a good takeaway from this event is how important it is to read a situation and to act accordingly. Liu Bang's shrewd and cunning enabled Shang Yu to lower his guard down and give him a chance to escape death, whereas Shang Yu's foolishness cost him a chance to kill his main rival. So that, folks, is the end of my story. I hope all of you enjoyed my content. As always, please subscribe to my podcast to tune into more of this exciting content. And feel free to submit any feedback and comments about my show. My email is in the description box below. In addition, I've also got an Instagram account now. If you go onto my Instagram at Bamboo History Podcast, you will not only get teasers and clues to my next episodes, but also bite-sized history that can't be fit into one podcast. Therefore, if you go onto my Instagram account, you can get additional exciting content about Chinese history. My Instagram account details are also in the description box below. All right, thanks everyone for listening. If any of you are going for dinner or having a feast later on today or tonight, just remember: if there are any sword dance performances in the agenda, just stay away from the sword and maybe wear some padding underneath your shirt. So now comes to an end to another episode of the Bamboo History Podcast. Thanks, everyone, and I hope to see you all in our next episode. Bye for now.